Hello and welcome to the Two Dudes Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Pulsifer, alongside Wyatt Fairman. And we are here to talk about a lot of football. And I mean, if nothing else, that's a hook I'm sold on. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Ryan, we have a few other hooks besides football. We have a little bit of tea that has been stirred, as the kids like to say nowadays. We also have a few updates for our listeners, don't we? Yeah, we do. Although you you speaking like that, you are still a child. Am I? Yes. I mean, I'm almost 19. You, you're still 18. You're a child. Uh, how old are you, Ryan? I'm 19. So your local 20-year-olds look at you as a child. Very distinct possibility, yes. All right. All right. That seems fair. So we're both children. Got it. Pretty. I feel like until you're 25, you're a child. Let's be real. Uh, I know one 25-year-old that really is just straight up a child. So There's, maybe yeah. make it 26, 27, somewhere in there. I think 25 is the first time you could not be a child. and It's up to you to seize that opportunity. Well, can't you have, like, depending on where you're at, insurance until you're, like, 26? I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. Um, that, may differ, that may differ for country as well. Because if y'all forgotten, Ryan is a Canadian. It's true. We're great. <laughs> you also don't have a single NFL team. Not yet, that is. Which is an interesting story that I'll be sharing with you in a moment, Ryan. Jokes However... Jokes on you. You have no CFL teams. <laughs> we don't want one. Um, all <laughs> that to say, I'm recording from my college dorm. It's true. He's a we're all actually. I shouldn't say just you. We're both big professional students now, which makes our recording schedule a lot harder. Which is why we've been doing football podcast episodes quarterly, and why we've had to put a delay to hockey. Now Thanksgiving break coming up. I'll have a lot of free time. Ryan, I'm imagining you will as well, question mark. We don't even celebrate Thanksgiving in November. You know that, right? I do know that, but you're, are you going to have free time any time in the next 12 days? I Next 12 days? I have no idea. We'll play by ear. That's, listen, the one thing you need to know about me, and this can go out to anyone who's ever spoken to me, they'll probably confirm, I don't tend to make plans ahead of time. It is generally just like a a very last-minute decision every single time. Well, that's what this recording today was. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I guess it would be a disservice to our listeners if we didn't actually talk some football, update them on the hippings and happenings of the National Football League. So, question. Are we going to go through this game by game or just run through each team's season so far? I was actually going to ask you that. What do you think we should do? I think we should at least give a nod to last week's performances. I, I, I think covering their season so far is probably a bigger priority mm-hmm. where it's been so long. So I feel like that might be the way to go here. All right. Well, I think we should also do that starting out just by looking at the scores from last week. So when we get to the teams that played, we highlight both their seasons, and then move forward. What do you think? All right, let's just not forget about the bye week teams because I'm sure their fans would not be happy. Yeah, I would totally agree. Let's talk about a team that has a lot of potential, uh, the Houston Texans. Oh, they got, is, is that the word we're using here? Yeah, they have a high potential for getting the number one draft pick. 
I mean, I still think the Eagles have higher. Uh, you always think the Eagles have higher. Don't forget, the Eagles have the Colts and the Dolphins pick, and the Dolphins are not very good. The Eagles have two terrible teams picks, and the Dolph- and the uh, Colts, who aren't great either. Well. <laughs> All right, if you say so. Am I wrong? Are the Eagles and the Dolphins not both just terrible? I mean, they're not, they're not great, but I mean, this this last week goes against my point, though. So we won't, we won't, we won't use that in the argument. Well, the Houston Texans, they're one and eight and fourth in the AFC South, featuring wins against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week One, and that's it. The elite Jacksonville Jaguars, elite Urban Meyer led Jaguars. You know, everything's bigger in Texas, including Urban Meyer. Yeah, that again, that's a word we could use for that. I'm not sure it's the word I would use. Yeah, we they may have to, like, block our podcast or something for a comment such as that. But, you know, I'm just going to put it that way because Urban Meyer, we, we're not through the Jaguars yet. Who am I kidding? I'll save my jokes as well as complaints about the Jaguars franchise until I get there. Since then, eight straight losses against powerhouse teams such as the Colts and the Patriots. And, of course, who could forget other powerhouse, the Miami Dolphins. Noted Super Bowl contenders. Noted Super Bowl contenders, indeed. And last week, they narrowly edged out a win against their bye week, improving their record to 1-8 and eight as they prepare to take on the Tennessee Titans. Score predictions, Ryan. Um, 23-16 for the Titans. I have 47-2. to two. To two? I was just going to get like a fluke safety somewhere in there. That is a very... Sp- that would have to be a scoregami, right? No, I don't think so. I think I've seen that. Uh, let me very quickly check that. I, I, I'm very curious. Uh, that has to be a scoregami. I, I would say crazier things have happened. Oh, definitely crazier things have happened. But I don't tend to project blowouts like that I just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense sure I listen they might be bad however I'm pretty confident to say they will score at least one point on offense (laughs) on offense wow that's bold I know my expectations are very high yeah well you're a Steelers fan so I imagine people are used to hearing that from you you think my expectations are high of that team right now (laughs) <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. You don't want to get there, but we'll get there. I would like to not. Y'all don't understand. Like, whenever we watched last week's game, because Ryan and I both watched it at the same time, just texting about it, and he was giving me updates about his moods and his feelings, and it was kind of the sweetest thing ever, just watching him go through so much pain. Uh, 47-2 to two would be a scoregami. Wow, look at that. Scoregami and didn't even mean to call it. Via, oh, well. Via NFLScoregami.com. Well, let's head to our next team unless you have anything else to say. Uh, the only thing I will say is that 72 to 41 is a score that has happened before. Well, 
I like I don't know what you do with that information, but like you have it. We'll probably see it on some weird NBC Sunday night football statistic that they have. Really the strangest things that play during Sunday night football. Like Tom Brady's left cleats shoelace was loosened three times in last week's game. Like, who cares about that? But that's just me. Some of them are interesting. People have such a reputation for calling them fake stats that they'll once in a while call some really interesting stats fake stats. And it's like, nope, nope, wrong one. Like, that's actually useful. Please, I want to know that one. That being said, speaking of fake stats, the Chicago Bears are a playoff team question mark no no uh they're three and six third in the nfc north losses from teams such as the rams the browns the packers the buccaneers and you think wow losses from really good teams right well surely they're better than the other teams uh losses also against the niners and the steelers and they should have beaten the Steelers, I grant them that. Oh, but easily. We also need to point out that they did beat the Raiders, which might be troublesome for KC. However, here we are looking at a 3-6 and six Bear team with no momentum, no real quarterback, considering they don't trust Justin Fields. It's just an interesting dilemma to be in. I'm not necessarily against them not trusting Fields yet, but... You should have, like, they, they didn't ever really intend for him to be the guy as fast as he was. I'm fine giving him a year or two. It just means that you're going to have to write this year off. Yeah, but do you want to have to write this year off? Well, not ideally, but there are certain, look, there are certain teams that can compete and there are certain teams that can't. I, I frankly don't know that if Fields was as good as they hoped he would be if they'd compete. I don't know if they'd st- be good enough at that point. It's an interesting thing to consider, and I may actually agree with you. That being said, though, Chicago has a very important game coming up against the Baltimore Ravens. It's probably more important at this point for Baltimore than it is Chicago. But may I remind you, the first half of their schedule was so loaded with good teams, potentially playoff teams, that after the Ravens, they play the Lions, and then later will play the Vikings, Seahawks, Giants and Vikings again. Like when you consider those four wins right there, potentially, you're looking at a team that's seven and ten minimum. Granted, they have to go through teams such as Arizona and Green Bay, but those we've learned lately that's not completely impossible. Like, do they have a chance to sneak into this wild card picture? Not realistically. They've got a chance mathematically till they don't. But if I'm speaking realistically, no. All right. Well, that being said, Bears, Ravens, who you got? I'm taking the Ravens. Yeah, I I think you got to in this situation. I agree. We both agree so far. Uh, Titans and Ravens we have winning. Uh, And for our next team, Ryan, let me go and find who that is. Schedules are hard, guys. Uh, Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals. Man, that team looked very legitimate for a few weeks, to be honest with you. Now, a little bit less so. But, 
I mean, you know what? I think you take this year if you're a Bengals fan, really no matter how it ends. But it, it, I'm sure they're a little disappointed. I don't mind the Ravens compared to every other team in our division. And I really like Burrow, so a little disappointing. But I think there's still there's something there. We're seeing that for the first time this year. Well, I think it's important to keep in mind when talking about the Steelers that this Steelers team is very comparable to the Bengals. What do I mean by that? Well, they lost to the Bengals earlier this season, correct? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Yes, I have the score uh, right here. 24 to 10 Steelers nope. lose to Cincinnati. I don't, I don't think that happened. Nope. I have the score right here. They lost to Cincinnati 24 to 10. Oh, that's uh, weird how scores work these days. Yeah, it's weird how some Steelers fans are in denial. Anyways, <laughs> all that to say, what's that to do with Cincinnati? Well, they're five and four. So here's what happens with Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh loses, Cincinnati with a bye week is one game ahead of them, almost automatically, unless they lose as well. If Pittsburgh wins then they're technically ahead of Baltimore because of a reason we will get to eventually. What this means for Cincinnati is it's kind of impractical and impossible finding out where they fit in this whole playoff mess because even though technically they're only a game back from Baltimore, there's three teams in the mix with three different records. And so it's, it's going to be really hard to trace this. Now, especially 17 games in the season, adding something like a tie into the mix makes it really difficult because you could end up with an even record. So that's just an observation. Take it for what it is. Um, as, far as, since, as far as this Cincinnati team goes, led by Joe Burrow, they have some serious firepower. They play a really important game against the Raiders next week. What do you think? I'm taking the Bengals. Raiders, Raiders feel like they've been on a slide since everything's happened, and I have the Bengals winning that one. I actually have the Raiders. I and it, hurt, it hurts me to say, but I just feel like at some point something's got to give, and I don't know if this young Bengals team is going to live up to the hype. I don't know that hype is the word I would use, to be honest. Bengals just got to play a decent game and see if the Raiders keep self-destructing. That's all they need to do to win. We'll get to the Raiders soon enough, that's for sure. Our last bye team, the New York Giants, 3-6. and six, And we pretty much expected that looking at the New York Giants, Giants. However, they have a tendency to give a lot of teams, a lot of good teams, run for their money. For instance, they only lost to Los Angeles by 27 points, and they only lost to Dallas by 24 points. But if you look at other teams, such as the football team and Falcons, it was a lot closer. Why do you think that is, Ryan? Um, it's a hard question to answer because, you know, um, can I just answer the Giants suck? And just, yeah, the, it's the Giants suck. They're terrible. Daniel Jones is not a, a starting quarterback that takes you to the playoffs. I also don't think he has too, too many pieces around him, but I also feel like we're 
maybe a little bit beyond the point where he needs pieces to really see who he is as a quarterback. What I find interesting is their close losses come against the football team, the Falcons, and the Chiefs. Those all were within three points. From Yeah, three points. And so here you have a team that, yeah, they're, they're three and six and fourth place in the NFC East, but three of those have been really close losses to teams that really aren't that good question mark Kansas City Chiefs I don't know it's it's a frustrating team to look at but nonetheless there does not seem to be a lot of hope going their way hold on especially in the same division as the Dallas Cowboys you're saying Daniel Jones doesn't have weapons right I think I may be yeah can I can I read you the list of weapons that he has at his disposal sure he had Barkley for about half the year because he's injured right now as someone who has Barkley on his fantasy team, I wouldn't count that. No, and I mean, he didn't necessarily live up to his expectations, but definitely worth noting by all means. Kenny Galladay. Darius Overrated. Sterling Shepard. Overrated. You just going to keep saying overrated to every player? Yeah, because the entire Giants roster is overrated, and it's showing its ugly head in a 3-6 and six record. Kenny Galladay's not overrated. He is very much overrated, and his stats have tremendously dropped since his days with the Lions because he was the only decent receiver on the Lions after Megatron. But I thought every other player was overrated, therefore not good. Yeah, but the Lions were rated accurately when Kenny Galladay was on there. They were terrible every single year. Now that he's on a team that's actually competing against the other baby teams, he's not as good as he once was. No, I'm. I I hold a lot of other factors responsible before I put Kenny Galladay responsible. Oh no, I put Danny Dimes responsible. If you if you recall, that's kind of why we have this argument. That's true. But continuing on, Kadarius Tony, who's been very weird. He's been a weird player so far. Uh, John Ross, who I just wanted to say because I you know didn't really know he was a giant until now. Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph. That's not nothing. It appears to not be a lot. I mean, Evan Ingram is the worst Pro Bowl of all time, but a Pro Bowl. Rudolph is a solid, you know, number two tight end. Galladay's a one. Sladen's probably a high end three, low end two. Shepard's probably that same category. Tony's probably around that category. There's enough there that a good quarterback works with it. He doesn't. He can't work with it. All right. You, you may be partially onto something there. I still like to do more research myself. And honestly, I kind of just want to sit back and watch that team and see what happens with them. Um, that being said... Week 11, they play Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, who you got? Uh, absolutely Tampa Bay. Although I think absolutely. that would be hilarious. Yeah, wouldn't that be funny if the Giants came out and beat the Super Bowl champions? They have lost. Uh, the Buccaneers have lost two straight, I believe. So it's not technically impossible. Mm-hmm. Which is quite ironic because that's the game that I want to talk about next. Tampa Bay. Bay, Ryan, who did they just lose to? The football team. But more specifically, to whom did they lose? 
Taylor freaking Hennigy. What a story that is. The guy who literally cannot throw a football against any team but Tampa Bay also has a very signature diving touchdown play that he apparently is very good at. He is the dagger, the thorn in old Tom Brady's side. That's right. I said old, and yes, I've seen the Tom Brady documentary as well. However, here we go. This Buccaneers team, 6-3, and three, sitting pretty first place in the NFC South, but do they have cause for concern, Ryan? No. Listen, it's real easy to look at the last two weeks and stress about it. I'm not. This is Tom Brady with Bruce Arians and one of, if not the best set of weapons in the game. They'll be fine. Take, you know, teams, good teams lose games that they shouldn't lose once in a while. Good teams struggle. You know, that's the way this league works. Mm-hmm. I'm not overly stressing the fact that they've lost two in a row. If they lose next week, maybe. But even then, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to bet on Tom Brady until Tom Brady stops being worth being bet on. He's still worth being bet on. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Luff's performance, Taylor's performance against the Buccaneers. However, what we see there is a very scrappy football team trying to make their presence known against an injury-riddled Super Bowl champion team. Yes, I know they just came out of the bye week, and before that, they played the Saints and lost a close one as well, but this is a loaded Tampa Bay team, and it's kind of unfair for us to sit back and be like, oh, yeah, they're done for. They're still 6-3. and three. They're top of their division. They're two games ahead of the second closest contender. I say two games. It may just be one game, but nonetheless, they're still a threat, and people need to take them seriously. Yeah, you, the moment you sleep on Tampa Bay, the moment they come back, because that's what Tom Brady does. Sorry. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Speaking of that matchup, though, the other half, the winning half, the Washington football teams, a lot of people wanting them to become the Washington Hogs, by the way. The Hog? I haven't heard that one. Yeah, so apparently Hogs are native to the lands over near District District of Columbia and was also like some type of term for something. There's some history to it, but they're really on board with it, and it sounds pretty cool, like the Crimson Hogs or something. I don't know. Um, the football team three and six, third place in the NFC East with the same record as the Giants, except they beat the Giants, so they have a tiebreaker. They will be facing the Carolina Panthers in week 11. Maybe a little bit scarier of a matchup than people initially thought. I feel like Cam's gonna have a rough week. I feel like there's gonna be some learning curves that have to go on before he really gets to full. And I think we're going to see that. So who do you have winning the game? I feel like Carolina loses this game. Wow. I feel like it's going to be a bit of a rough game. I think he's going to kind of figure himself out as he goes, and it's going to be a little bit too late. Listen, this podcast is not interesting if we make boring takes every single time. Sometimes we got to follow our gut instincts. Well, my gut instinct says you're wrong. Super Cam is back on the Panthers. Let's talk about that for just a second. Dropped by the New England Patriots like he was trash. And to be fair, his play style was about the equivalent of hot trash. However, 
somebody's got his swagger back. Am I right, Ryan? I mean, it certainly looks like it from everything he's been doing in interviews to his performance on the field. It definitely looks like it. Two touchdowns. People say they were goal line touchdowns. They they put points up on the board. You tell me that diminishes the meaning of it or not. You got two touchdowns last week. And here they are playing a Washington football team that, though three and six is a typically very scrappy team, I give it to the Panthers? Question mark. So you were very judgy, but you don't seem very confident. Oh, no, I'm not confident whatsoever. I just like scrutinizing you. That's fair. <laughs> I, I can't argue with that logic. Well, maybe you can argue with this logic because our next team is the New York Jets. There is no logic to be argued with. Uh, they're beating the Dolphins. <laughs> you think Joe? You think elite quarterback Joe Flacco powers to the win? I do. I agree. No way. I didn't at first, but I thought about it a little bit, and you know what? Yeah, no, I kind of see it. The Dolphins just beat the Ravens last week. They're still not a fantastic team, but the Ravens just sort of didn't have a great performance and the scheme just didn't work out. This is such a weird Jets team, Ryan. I mean, this team is exactly what a team of their talent needs to be. They need to be a play for each other fight hard type of team because that's the only way they're going to find any slight level of success and by that I mean not go 0-17 and they've done a decent job of that so far I mean uh, yeah I guess they're 2-7 and seven, so they can't go 0-17 if they tried the I believe second worst record in the league behind the Texans and they started out 0-3 against the Panthers, Patriots, and Broncos, but they got their first win against who? The Titans. And then they later beat the Bengals when everybody thought they were a super team, and now they're playing the Miami Dolphins. It's just, I don't really understand their logic and their pattern, but I have to go with recent history. And recent history shows that they let two teams score 45 points on them back-to-back. And that's why I 100% think the Jets are going to win this game against Miami. You know what? I just realized that I think Tua is going to be playing in that game, and I might change my answer. Tua is not the promised child. No, but he's a heck of a lot better than Jacoby Brissett. It makes me want to change my answer, but I already said it, so I'm not going to. I was uh, I think I'll change it on this one. I think I'm going back to the Dolphins. All right, so logic appealed to Ryan. Which means I'll probably be wrong, because why not? Uh, usually when these splits happen, you get the splits most of the time. Yeah, but also, to be fair, is this also not exactly the one where I wouldn't? Uh, Maybe. Hopefully. That being said, we need to look at the AFC East better half, quite literally. The Buffalo Bills, sitting at 6-3, and three, will be playing the Colts. I have an interesting prediction for that one. But, Ryan, go ahead and tell me, what do you think of these Buffalo Bills? They are not the team that we thought they were going to be. And I do, in fact, mean that. 
in a bad way. This Bills team is not the super team we were hoping they would be. They've really not looked all that great. They seem to have a lot of flaws. They've gotten kicked around a few times when they really shouldn't have. You know, the red flags should maybe not be out, but they shouldn't be put entirely away with this team. Like, there's there's something here that's not working quite right. And, I, you know, this team was supposed to be a Super Bowl contender. I don't really think they are right now. I don't even think they're the best team in their division. Well, if you're looking for matchups that will have you on the edge of your seat, as well as confuse you when it comes to standings, look no further than week 13 and week 16, Bills versus Patriots. Right now, only a game separating the two. However, this Bills team, as you just talked about me, they lost 6-9 to to Urban Meyer and the Jaguars. I cannot wait to talk about them. They also lost by three points to the Tennessee Titans. However, if you watched that game, you know it really wasn't a three-point loss. And then they also lost week one to the Steelers, which made Steelers fans think their team was good. Ryan has some other some thoughts otherwise. However, what's really important is this week 11 matchup versus the Colts. Yeah, the Patriots are getting too much ground right now for them to lose this game. But they can't afford it. But who do you think is going to win? I'm taking the Bills. I think I'm about to do something that's never been done in football podcast history. Do not say what I think you're about to say. And I think we've made a rule that I'm not allowed to do this, but I think since I made the rule, I'm allowed to do it. That's not how rules work, but you know what? Go on. I think they're going to tie. I hope you understand that you if they don't tie, you get a wrong for it. Like, you don't get, like, a half point. You're just wrong. Yeah, I, I would be... Owen won. If that was the only contest that week and I predicted a tie and they didn't tie, I'd be Owen one. Why would you do this? Part of me just wants to make you stress a little bit because, I mean, clearly I think the Bills are probably going to win if it didn't have to be a tie. But for whatever reason, I just sense a tie. All right. Should I just go ahead and put Bills down for the sake of not having to play the tie game? You, uh, I mean, if you if you're calling tie, legitimately call tie. Yeah, I can't go off intuition. It's going to be the Bills. I hope it's now a tie, and we're both wrong. I really hope it is too, because the funny thing is, if it's a tie, we both. Oh, you just said we're both wrong. So never mind. Uh, <laughs> oh well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to get right back to the action of finishing up this AFC South division. Here's a quick message from our sponsors. <laughs> yes. Every single time that we load out to maybe stop our recording and then start a new segment, Ryan changes his name on our recording program. He's now titled Pain. His first title was I Hate the Steelers. It's just, it's funny. It's humorous to me. I wasn't sure what you were laughing at there for a minute, to be honest. I was a little worried. (laughs) All right. I think we should just go ahead and finish up this AFC South division if we can. Uh, 
the Jacksonville Jaguars took on the Colts last week and they lost a close one, 23 to 17, which now that I see that makes me feel a lot better about picking the Bills instead of a tie. But it is what it is. The Jaguars, a little bit of a scrappy team, but lacking severe leadership with Urban Meyer. Yeah, he has not worked in this league so far. He'll join the ranks of other college Hall of Famers to go to the NFL. It is absolutely just be terrible. I think he could have worked. I don't think he really cares to be in the NFL, to be honest with you. Not at this point, no. I think if he wanted to, he'd probably be way more successful than he is. He just, why would he be? He doesn't care. Yeah, I mean, they're paying them the big bucks to go lead a terrible franchise through an NFL season while also causing a lot of different scandals and uh, just, it's not working out for him. Uh, He lost to the Colts last week. Now they take on the 49ers who show a lot of promise, Ryan, if you know what I'm talking about. You say the 49ers show a lot of promise? Yeah. What do they show promise then? Uh, We'll get there, I guess. All that to say, I picked the 49ers over over the Jaguars. Uh, What do you think? I picked the Jaguars to lose. I don't even pick the 49ers to win. I just picked Jacksonville to lose. I think if you go back and look at the events of last week, you would agree with me that the Jaguars, sorry, the 49ers are showing a lot of promise. I don't know what I don't know if this is some bit you're going for. I don't know if you're trying to argue me that they're playoff contenders. Oh, they definitely are playoff contenders. Really? Oh yeah. I feel like I'm being messed with right now. Uh, no, I'm at, I I have had ruses pulled on you before, but I'm absolutely serious right now. Do we want to talk about this now or are we wait? Uh, let's wrap up this AFC South. We gotta talk about the Titans. All right, let's talk about them then. When it comes to the Tennessee Titans, what do you think of? Uh, Clearly, I think of Adrian Peterson. Oh, yes, clearly, of course. Uh, Why would that be? Um, Because he's one of the all-time greats, and who else would I think of? I really don't know. It's actually a good question. The Tennessee Titans are also known as the best team in the league somehow somehow if you look at the league standings the nfl does it weirdly they put the nfc teams first however both the titans and the cardinals are eight and two as well as the green bay packers it's worth mentioning but they also are only two and oh in their division compared to the titans and cardinals are three and oh in theirs all that to say The league leaders stand alone from the rest. Cardinals, Packers, Titans, Cowboys. And nobody's really seemed to match up to their level. The Titans last year barely squeaking into the playoffs and not that great a performance anyways are 8-2 and this year showing a lot of promise without what star player? The King. The King. Derek Henry. He will be missed, of course, as Titans fans everywhere are crying. As someone from Tennessee, I have a lot of sad friends right now. But I'm actually, I have a secret theory that he's going to come back like before the season ends and help me win the fantasy football championship. But maybe it's a pipe dream. 
I think it's a pipe dream. We talked earlier about the Houston Texans versus Tennessee Titans. We picked the Titans to win. I said it was going to be score gummy 47 to 2, so we don't need to go there. But just know right now they're 8 and 2, first place in the AFC South as well as really first place in the league. They are the team to beat. And that's exactly what Houston and New England are going to try and do these next couple of weeks. Will they be successful? Probably not, but, you know, that's why you line them up and play. If the Titans lose both games, you're going to really feel bad about those words. Do I think they're going to lose both games? No. No. But I kind of hope they do. Just so I look stupid. Well, plot twist, I already look stupid. I know. Okay. We used to have a segment just purely making videos about you saying, uh, like, wrong takes. (laughs) And I miss remember dearly. Yeah, that was on the hockey podcast. It was really funny. Um, You want to talk about the 49ers since I brought it up? I I am a little curious about this, so I would like to talk about it. Well, everybody thought, okay, there's five powerhouse teams in the league. There's the Cardinals started out 8-0, I believe. Um, yeah, or the, something like that. The Stop. Green Bay Packers 8-2 now. The Cardinals are 8-2 now as well. Titans 8-2. Dallas 7-2. and And as of last week, it would have also been the Los Angeles Rams. At seven and two. And if you really wanted to argue for it, you could say the Baltimore Ravens at seven and two or six and two last week. However, a lot of things have happened since then. The Ravens lost to the Dolphins, and the Rams got utterly dominated by the 49ers. The final score 31 to 10 in San Francisco. But what really stuck out to me watching this game is the Rams had no offense whatsoever. I mean, to be fair, they've got a new guy that they're trying to get into the system in OBJ. They lost one of their best receivers for the season. I, I'm i not... Listen, I don't take that as a sign that the Niners are good. I just take it as a fluke game by the Rams, to be honest. Yeah, but it really wasn't, though. It was the star-studded defense of the Rams (coughs) being destroyed by the offense of the 49ers. I mean, they were clicking on all cylinders. Garoppolo, now 5-0 against the Los Angeles Rams, was clicking like he was two years ago in their Super Bowl season. I was very, very impressed. You know, they got past the injuries. They they tried to sell into a rhythm. And I I just got to say, they may be 4-5 and right now, but that really isn't too, too scary because, Ryan, four and five is also third place in their division, which is really two to three games back of the lead. But maybe more important, when you look at the NFC playoff picture, you have the leaders, Green Bay, Cardinals, Cowboys, Buccaneers, but you also have, let me count, one, two, three. Four, five, five teams in the mix for that last wild card spot within one game of each other, including San Francisco. That's a lot of competition to get through in the first place. Is it though? Because here is their competition. You have the 
first four teams I said. Then you have the Rams and the Saints. But that one last wild card spot. Panthers, Vikings, 49ers, Falcons, and Eagles. All within a game of each other. Technically, you could add the three and six teams. But I just don't think it's wise because they're like one and a half games. No, not no. So, Falcons, Vikings, Panthers, question mark, Eagles, and 49ers. I see the 49ers as the best apple out of those five, and that would put them in a playoff position. I don't know, man. I I might take Minnesota out of those five. I do not trust Minnesota worth anything right now. But that might bring us to the Rams shortly because they are seven and three. Uh, real quick, do we predict? No, we, we both said 49ers. Okay, so the Rams, seven and three. What once was the idea of a super team is now a team that's dropped two straight trying to catch their bearings, and they go into their bye week. So do you think they're going to win? Uh no, OBJ will fight a kicking net and get suspended. Right. So for those of you who live under a rock, Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad posted a video of all the times Baker Mayfield didn't throw to him when he was wide open. It caused a lot of drama. Baker handled it very professionally, then went out and had like a rage day getting vengeance on OBJ's dad. And then shortly after OBJ was released, maybe he was even released before that game. That being said, he went to L.A. after waivers, uh, and I mean, he caught like two passes for 19 yards, I think. Something like that. It wasn't. It wasn't a super huge first game. No. Um. But here's the thing: if you're going to lose Robert Woods for the season, it probably bodes well to have a backup receiver in Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, having him be. Your backup plan is a pretty good backup plan. I think it's worth mentioning, though, that the Rams' schedule doesn't get too much easier, as in weeks 12 and 14, they play the Packers and Cardinals, respectively. Cardinals are a little bit of a skid themselves, though, to be fair. They've had a rough couple weeks. They have, and we'll get there eventually, I reckon. But as far as this Green Bay team, we don't need to predict anything right now because they played them in Week 12. It's just going to be something interesting to watch. There's a lot of turmoil in Green Bay right now as well. Yeah, that, that situation's a little bit weird. Well, I say we just go ahead and close out the top NFC leaders and let's talk about the pack, the Packers for a second. What do you think? Hard not to say that that team is very legit. Oh, you're absolutely right there, but do they have the focus to stay on track? I mean, beyond the whole weird vaccination situation, I listen. I don't think focus is the issue. They only the only thing they need to do is get out of their own way when they hit the championship game and win that game. Which easier said than done. But I'm not too worried about the focus and all that. I'm just worried about can they actually beat whoever they face. Which is kind of the issues you want in football. You want the, that issue as opposed to locker room struggles or is Aaron Rodgers the guy or whatever questions have been mentioned in the past, which, you know, those have been mentioned. 
I just need to see this team win, but I don't necessarily have any lingering doubts that they can't. I would have to agree 100% with you. There are only two losses coming to the Saints, who are firing on all, all cylinders in Week 1, and then to the Kansas City Chiefs, but without Aaron Rodgers. And as a Chiefs fan, I'd be the first to tell you that we should not have won that game. But nonetheless, we did. The scoreboard had the Chiefs in the win column. They get revenge next week, and Aaron Rodgers back, shutting out Russell Wilson for the first time in his career. And now they take on the Minnesota Vikings at noon. Who you got, Ryan? I do have the Packers. Yeah, I have the Packers as well. It's hard to stop a train when it starts moving, you know? Yeah, I mean, I do. I think the Vikings might get a winning streak after this week going, but for this week, it'll be pretty tough. I will be pretty tough for them the next week as well. Do you want to talk about the Vikings or should we? Do, oh, wait, who's the. Packers play last week. Oh, they played the Seahawks. Let's just go ahead and cover the Seahawks, shall we? I'm going to be honest. Here's my very brief comment on the Seahawks. This year's a nothing year. Yeah. Got Russell Wilson too late, and he got shut out in his first game back. Seahawks wasted season. Meh. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, it's not an easy task to face the, the Packers one day removed from coming back from injury, but nonetheless, here you are. And next up, doesn't get any easier. You play the Cardinals, an eight and two team, and you're just three and six, probably about to be three and seven and last place in that NFC West division. I would have to say this is not the year for Seahawks. Sorry. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know that there's going to be any this is the year with this core. I don't think this core can get it done. That is an interesting take. That's something that I really don't want to talk too too much about. We don't we don't have time to haunt you. That is an off season conversation, I think. Yeah, it absolutely is. But we need we need to watch this play out for a second. If Seattle can somehow string some good wins together, this could be a different conversation. We just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening against Arizona in Week Eleven. What about you, Ryan? I don't see it happening, but I see it being very close. That's also interesting, I reckon. Eagles versus Broncos. The Eagles fought out on top of the Broncos 30-13. to 13. However, does this make the Eagles actually a decently scary team? No. Listen, I've, I've seen some scary Eagles teams as a Cowboys fan. I know what they look like. This is not them. Well, they beat the Broncos, who have been struggling very much lately. Um, They now go on to face the New Orleans Saints, who are without Jameis Winston. And Taysom Hill does not necessarily look like the guy, which is why I think it's Trevor Simeon that's been playing for them. Yes, it is. All right, so for those of you wondering what just happened, uh, Ryan and I are too, actually. Um, There was a bit of an interruption while we were recording, and so I'll have to go in there and edit and see uh, (laughs) Ryan stop. (laughs) I was wondering how long it would take you. (laughs) And I'll have to go and try and cut out anything that might have gotten interrupted or corrupted. However, we were talking about the Broncos and the Eagles. So, Ryan, that game was one for the Eagles, and we talked about the quarterback situation that the Eagles and Saints have, and there actually isn't one for the Eagles. They're 
Jalen Hurts seems pretty solid right now. And they are taking on the Saints in Week 11. Who you got? Is it weird that I am taking the Eagles in this one? No. I, I have the Eagles. I don't think the Eagles are overall a very good team, but there's just something about this matchup that feels right for them. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Simeon's proven that he never wants to be an NFL starter. You are putting a lot of disrespect on a guy who has played pretty well. Simeon's been solid. I mean, in terms of throwing a guy in as the starter as rapidly as they did, I mean, I I don't know. I've been very impressed with him, to be honest. Yeah. I'm fairly impressed with him as well in some sense, but not all the way there yet. Yeah, but to say that he doesn't want to be a starter feels like a pretty uh, pretty unfair take. He hasn't thrown an interception yet. Really? No. All uh, right. Well, maybe I'll have to re- maybe I'll have to reevaluate evaluate that. He came in uh, week eight through 459 yards, one touchdown. Um, then week nine, he threw two touchdowns and 249 yards loss. And then week 10 in the loss, 298 yards, two touchdowns. Well, I think now we need to turn to the worst half of that matchup just for time's sake. The 5-5 five and five Broncos, fourth place in the AFC West, are taking on their bye weeks. No decision needs to be made there. However, what do you think of this Broncos team? Uh, There's still a quarterback away, man. You give them a good quarterback and maybe a little bit better of a coach, and we might talk about a very different team. I agree with that 100%. They showed a lot of fight early on in the season, but now we're starting to see the Broncos that we were kind of expecting. Not terrible, but not fantastic either. No. Not going to do anything worth noting. Uh, let's go ahead and head to the Arizona Cardinals, who have actually dropped two straight after starting 8-0. and They took on the Panthers last week, and as I previously mentioned, they dropped that one. They lost by 24 points of mention. They did not have Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins or J.J. Watts. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's a little unfair to grade them too heavily on the first two names. Watt, you can grade them on because he's not coming back. He's done for the year. But, I, you know, I, I don't think it's fair to really slander them too much because, you know, what? Well, yeah, you are missing a lot of guys. Their win, you know, their good performances have come off the back of guys like James Conner. That guy's not supposed to be doing anything for this team, really. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt here that it's just the injuries. Well, yeah, the- I have to agree as well. Also, that ticking sound... On your side is back. I, I don't understand what it could be. That's funny. It kind of calmed down just then, though, which is interesting. Cardinals take on to three and six Seahawks. And yeah, I mean, we already predicted that one. Panthers are taking on, I believe, yeah, the, the Washington football team. We talked about that. Um, I had the Panthers. You had the football team is one of our few disagreements so far today. But they're a 5-5 five and five team, third place in the NFC South, and also one of those in-the-mix teams for a wild-card spot. So, Ryan, do you have anything else you want to say about Carolina and the Cam Newton edition? Um, 
not overly. I'm curious how well this actually works in the long run. Because, you know, let's not get too excited over two touchdowns. He hasn't proven himself yet, but I am interested to see him try. And if we're going to go to another team that's in that NFC wildcard race, the Minnesota Vikings, as you mentioned earlier, they're four and five, but second place in the NFC North, which does not speak very highly of the division outside of Green Bay. They take on the Green Bay Packers, and we already said we thought the Packers were going to win. However, what does that spell for this team that just ended up beating the Los Angeles Chargers by by a score of twenty seven to twenty? Fire Mike Zimmer, firstly. It's it's clear that he's not working right anymore. It's just not a fit. It's time to make that move because I don't I honestly don't think this team can compete with him. Not for any Super Bowls. Kirk Cousins is playing like a top top ten at worst, top five at best quarterback in this league. You need to be getting better from the rest of your team if he's gonna give you that. Yeah, he's playing just well enough to fly under the radar, but just good enough that people aren't wanting to call for him getting benched just because he's not popular enough, you know? Like, he, he's putting out good stats. It's just a matter of people actually recognizing him and his ability and catering to a play style that will actually work best for him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say because it's so easy to go, well, if the team's not winning, well, the team's not winning, but, I mean, when I watch Kirk Cousins, I don't think he's the reason why by any means. Um, we should also talk about the losing half of that matchup, the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, the Chargers are a bit more of an interesting team, if you ask me. I agree with that entirely. And here's something a little bit more important to you, Ryan. They may have won last week, second place in the AFC West, 5-4 and four record. They play the Steelers next. They should win that match. Let's be real. They should win that game. Are they going to, though? Yes. You have the Chargers winning. I have the Chargers winning. I have the Steelers winning. I'm not going to lie. I had, I low-key had the Lions beating the Steelers. I mean, in a sense... Maybe emotionally, they did. We'll get to that, but I mean, listen, I ain't got a whole lot of faith in this team. Believe it or or not. By the way, I'm leaving uh, last week's Steelers game as the last thing we talk about, just so you can talk as long as you want. That is for the best and also the worst. Um, That being said, if LA wins next week, they're tied with the Chiefs in record, unless the Chiefs win next week we're not quite there yet either however this does bring the AFC West to a boiling point you have three teams maybe four teams if I misread that yeah all four teams within a game of each other in the standings in Kansas City yeah they stand alone right now but where will they be in the distant future that's yet to be foreseen New England Patriots took on the Browns and oh man it wasn't even close yeah, it was a drubbing. That's the only word. Mac Jones had a stellar performance. No interceptions, over three touchdowns. Um, 45 to 7. The Patriots are 6 and 4, and they are terrifying. But, but, but why? The only reason that the Patriots were relevant was Brady. 
Mm, no, no, that's not true. Belichick. No, no, Belichick sucks, man. Didn't you hear? Belichick's bad. Oh. He's mm. a bad coach, and it was all Brady. You never heard that? No, I never heard that in my life. Well, then you're a lucky man, because I've been hearing nothing but that terrible take since Brady left. Really? Now, who said that take? Everyone. Does that include me? I don't remember, but probably not. I think I kind of like was pretty mellow about both of them, honestly. Uh, um, as far as tonight, though, as we record this, it's November the 18th. And what that means is, oh, Ryan, <laughs> you know what that means. I really don't. I don't know. What, I, where are you going with this? Thursday night football. Oh, okay. And the lineup for tonight, the New England Patriots take on the Atlanta Falcons. What a what a random set of teams. What if they have yeah. any common? Uh, absolutely nothing. They don't share anything in their history. No. Except for that one event. What was that? Oh yeah, twenty eight to three. Man, if I wish I had like listen, I don't know how much editing you do in post production, but I feel like some air horns would go really good right now. <laughs> really love rubbing in Falcons fans' face. That being said, we need to predict the Week 11 matchup before the game t- uh, tips off. I say tips off. It's not basketball. Before the game kicks off, it is uh, – yeah, I have the Patriots winning. Yeah. And this is my score prediction. I'm being dead serious here. 28-3. to 3. No. Yeah. Uh, 27-21 Patriots. Wow, a close one. All right, well – uh, I think the Patriots will absolutely destroy the Falcons. We'll just have to see what happens. I'll be watching it, so that'll be. Fun. I don't. I don't think this Patriots team is good enough to predict them to destroy team. You know what I mean? They're the type of team that has to win closer games because right now that is kind of where they are, which isn't a bad thing by any means. It's just I don't look at this team and feel any urge to predict them to have a blowout game. I don't know that I think they're there yet. Hmm. Well, I'm trying to remember. Did we talk about the Colts? I believe we did. Yeah, we did. They take on the Bills, and we both had the Bills winning. Um, well, should that be the case, Ryan, then we just we just have a few more matchups to go over. Speaking of the Atlanta Falcons, four and five, they got destroyed. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Listen, here's what I'm going to say. And, I, and I'm going to use I'm going to make this argument now, and then people are going to say I'm only making it because I like Dallas. But this is a true argument, and I think you'll agree with me on this. Yes, you absolutely should keep in mind when a team destroys a team that is not great. That absolutely is an asterisk. That is fair. But all the people saying it doesn't count because it's Atlanta. How many other teams put up this level of domination against the Falcons? Not many. Yeah, it, it, it's Dallas's largest margin of victory in over 21 years. Like, cut them some slack. Not, not even just that. Even if you look outside of Dallas, how many teams are winning by 40 points? None. That's not happening. And teams, I mean, there's the a team, Patriots did last week. The Patriots, well, it was a little less. It was only 38. That, oh, that actually, not me. Sorry, nobody went to rounding school, apparently. No. I didn't. I'm more of an exact numbers type of guy. What can I say? Oh, wow. 
But I mean, and I'm also using 40 because I'm kind of using it as a milestone number too, which is why I'm being so specific about it. You know, you put up 40 points in a game, period, and that's a phenomenal game. They won by 40, which to be fair, actually only entailed three more points than the 40-point game because their defense played well, but I get it. It's Atlanta, absolutely. But until if, if your team played the Falcons and didn't win by 40 points, you cannot dismiss the Cowboys' win. Oh, no, I absolutely don't. And that's actually why I want to go to the Cowboys next because 43-3 to is huge. They're 7-2, and two, and yeah, they lost to the Broncos, got destroyed by the Broncos the week before that. I think sometimes you just need to lose one to catch your bearings. and That's exactly what Dallas has done, and that's why I think they're going to win next week against the Chiefs. Really? Yeah. I think I'm taking Kansas City, but I think it's going to be a heck of a game. Wow, that hurts my heart because you are picking the Chiefs to win. I, do I, Cowboys. Cow- I, I don't feel like we should be doing this. I feel like we should switch predictions just for the sake of keeping each other happy. Yeah, here's the thing. I think Kansas City is going to get off to a really quick start. And the one thing I'm really worried about for Dallas they don't have a weapon to stop Trayvon Diggs or uh, Tyreek Hill because Trayvon Diggs is a very good ball hawk. He cannot keep up with Hill. No, he he can't go deep. He can't pick the ball off deep. Ever like half the interceptions that I've seen, he has eight so far. So like four of the interceptions that I've seen, he's either been stuck on someone man to man in short medium routes, or he's had to come back from the safety position to kind of pick one off right next to him. There was nothing. There's no real challenge deep unless it was an overthrown ball. Yeah, he he doesn't make his money on ridiculous catches. He makes his money on opportunism. And hey, great for him. How many guys can really do that in this league to his success level? But that's not going to work against Kelsey, and it's not going to work against Hill. And beyond him, they don't have anyone. Yeah, I, I just remembered something last second that changed my opinion now. And, like, I, I, I'm not just doing this because I'm a Chiefs fan. You can say I am, but I'm not. This is a legitimate reason to change my mind. We're forgetting one very important thing. What? The Kansas City Chiefs. What do you know about them, Ryan? Um, that Patrick Mahomes makes too much money. Sure about that? Yes. Kansas City Chiefs. They're first in passing. They're first in receiving. They're first in first downs. The most efficient offense in the league, and it's not even close. They did that while Mahomes started out his first 10 games throwing 10 interceptions. I mean, fair, but you also got to consider there's no guarantee he won't just go back to doing that. But there's also no guarantee that he will. You're looking at a Cowboys secondary that is good. This is a good Dallas team. If you're wanting to watch a primetime matchup, this is it. This is Cowboys and Chiefs. This is a Sunday night football worthy game. It's not going to be because last week the Chiefs had Sunday night football. But this is worthy of primetime. Chiefs, if you want to prove yourself, now is the time before the bye week. Settle down. You can be either a seven and four team or a six and five team. 
one is a lot better than the other. But this is really the game-changing theory that I found. I think CBS Sports reported this. When the Chiefs won the Super Bowl that year, do you know what their record was through the first 10 games? Why do I feel like it's going to be eerily similar to the current record? Six and four. Wow, what a familiar sounding number. And they went on a huge win streak and a tear in the playoffs. And before they started that win streak, they were the number one rated offense in the league. So are you, is what I'm hearing is that you've dubbed them Super Bowl champions? Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. That's my way too early prediction. And just like I did two years ago, I'm going to predict them to play the Los Angeles Rams. But I know, I know. I'm just saying, if the season plays out the way I think it could, there's a very, very distinct chance that the Chiefs and 49ers could be playing again. But you said you said Rams first. I did. Which one are you picking? I'm oh, I'm very... picking Rams. I'm I'm picking Chiefs and Rams. But like, if you're going to look at a crazy like outside the box theory, I think Chiefs and 49ers is a very real possibility. I disagree. Well, agree to disagree. Watch the 49ers lose this next week, and I'll have to put my money where my mouth is. But as of now, that's where we stand with the Kansas City Chiefs, who are six and four. They are currently atop their division, not by a lot. However, the rest of the AFC West could potentially be falling apart. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, so it's in a weird, weird situation, that division right now. Okay, how so? I just, I look at the teams, and all the teams have decent records. But I don't feel confident in any of them. Yeah, I absolutely understand what you're talking about. You have the Chargers, who really need to start winning some games soon. The Chiefs are 6-4. and four. The Raiders just lost to the Chiefs, which was very, very, very important in the race for the AFC West because now that puts the Chiefs at 1-1 one and one instead of 0-2 or even 0-1. Maybe most important thing I've mentioned in the division right now, the Chargers are 2-0 and in the division. That'll be big. That is big. However, what's really big about it is one of those wins came against the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, actually. Exactly. So that puts us in a very interesting position. That being said, Ryan, I'm scrolling through our list of games, so we have one more to talk about before you can be released to the Steelers. I mean, technically one and a half. Let's talk about the Raiders real quick because the Chiefs did beat the Raiders last week. Five and four. Las Vegas Raiders have some serious work to do. Man, Raiders fans had another good like quarter of a season and then the football gods went, hey, how about you supper? And just threw horror shows at them. The city of Oakland is rejoicing right now that Las Vegas gets to experience what they experienced their entire lives. Like, I... Last year, I was a little mad at them. I was mad because I knew two things. Number one, I knew John Gruden was a terrible coach, which has aged very well. And number two, I knew that that collapse didn't need to happen. I I knew a better run team probably doesn't collapse like that. This year, I'm just like, you know what? I'd probably collapse too, man. 
Kid, are you, are Kid, you sure about that, though? They lost their star wide receiver to a horrific DUI incident he brought on himself. Their head coach was fired for horrific, horrific things that directly called out players in his locker room. Their former first-round pick got released after threatening to kill somebody. Yeah, no, I don't blame this team for struggling. Oh, yeah. You're kind of right. Um, the Raiders, I, I, I have sympathy for the fans. I don't have sympathy for the team. Oh, I don't uh, like the team. Don't get me wrong. But I also get why they're doing this. Yeah, it's just, it's disappointing. It looks like the potential for an absolute collapse because next week they take on the Bengals. As we talked about, I have the Raiders winning just because at some point they have to break out of that shell with their interim coach, but it's not a very strong pick. No. A lot, generally, when we disagree on picks, I'm like, all right, like I, I get that pick. I don't necessarily get that one. Doesn't mean it's physically impossible. That's not how math works, but like... I don't know how anyone can bet on this Raiders team right now. Absolutely. Um, that being said, let's go to our actual last game. Dolphins and Ravens. I still think the Ravens are legitimate. It, that's not a loss you want to have. It's not. And we already talked about the Jets beating the Dolphins. However... Um, I just don't see that game as like a pinnacle turnaround point for Miami. It's just, it's not a loss you want to have if you're the Ravens, but maybe that's also what they need to wake them up, kind of like the Cowboys two weeks ago. So that being said, the Ravens are moving on. I'm trying to remember who they're playing, I believe. Uh, yeah, they play the Bears. We already talked about that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we both have the Ravens winning. It's just, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Not a great performance, but finally, Ryan. Before we get there, I do want to say one more thing on the Ravens. Okay. The Ravens are at a spot, organizationally, where I don't accept they need a wake-up game. Dallas, it's been a few years since they've competed. They haven't really competed with Mike McCarthy yet. You know, there's emotions with Zach back. You know, there's a lot of reasons why that team might have needed a little bit of a slap back to earth. This is not the first time that the Ravens have been here. As a team, I feel like with a veteran coach who's been there as long as he has... And a core that's been there as long as they have. I don't think that's the type of team that should need a wake-up game. They should already know exactly what to be doing. So that's a little bit concerning to me if that's sort of where they're at as a team. Because I think they should be past that. I agree with you a little bit. But I still just think that's just that's not the Baltimore team we know. Um, trust me here, Ryan. Just trust how I word this. Okay. Okay. The Lions are still winless. Yes, correct. And they go on to take the Cleveland Browns. Who do you have winning that game? Because we need to get that prediction out of the way before anything else. Cleveland. You have the Browns beating the Lions. I do. Now I'm going to give you the backdrop so you can go on any rant you want. Because I also think the Browns are going to win. The Detroit Lions, last place in the NFC North, also the worst record in the league, had their perfect record broken last week by the Pittsburgh Steelers, not in the way you would anticipate. A team that rivals the Cardinals, opposite to the Cardinals, starting out their season 0-8 rather than 8-0, and 
got their first blemish on the record, making them 0-8-1. That's right. They tied their opponent of last week. Most shockingly, their opponent was who, Ryan? Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is that the line you're going to use? That is the line I'm going to use. You're so pitiful. And the reason I'm going to use that line is because I want to start with that fact. The fact that Mason Rudolph is our starting quarterback. I want to, am, I, am, I, am I being released yet, or do you have more setup that you'd like to do? No, no, no. I, you are well set up. Big Ben had COVID, which, A, is not a very leadership thing to do for our so-called leader, but whatever. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about that. So it was the Steelers. You're faced with a choice. You've got this Dwayne Haskins guy that you've kind of been grooming since the offseason. He's shown a lot of promise. He's shown some electric power. This guy might be your starting quarterback of the future. Or you bring in the uninspiring Mason Rudolph to give you meh, guaranteed. They give you meh. That's what it was going to give you. The fact that they went with Mason Rudolph on its own was the wrong choice. That was the wrong decision. But what is inherently more the wrong decision is that he threw the ball 50 times. (laughs) 50 times for Mason Rudolph to throw that ball. Inherently, I don't want any quarterback throwing the ball 50 times unless you're a top five. Like, I don't. Your QB should not be throwing the ball that much, let alone when it's your backup QB in rainy conditions when you have a rookie running back who is playing as well as Najee Harris has been. That's the first part. That is that is the easy part that I look at and I go, that was just the wrong call. Because it was. That's where the easy part stops. Because the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that got so lucky against the Chicago Bears because they were gifted a win by the Bears and the refs. Let's be real. They shouldn't have won that game. We all know that. Any Steelers fan can tell you that. Any Bears fan can tell you that. Any football fan can tell you the Steelers deserved to lose that game. And instead of taking that victory and running with it and moving to 6-3, and three, they decide not only to look the gift horse in the mouth, but to then punch it in the teeth. <laughs> you go up against an 0-8 Lions team, and they, you know, I'll give, I'll give this Lions team some credit. They're a hard-fighting team. They really, they try every single game. Which is more than I can say about the Steelers. Because they went into a game against the 0-8 Lions when Jared Goff could not throw the ball because his arm was injured. Do you know his final stat line for that game? I'm actually looking for it right now. 14 for 25, 114 yards. Not great. Not great. Non-existent. Literally non-existent stats. He did nothing. And he actually had a really good overtime. So I, I think he only had like 55, 60 yards in regulation. And you tied that team. And ignoring the fact it took Mike Tallman until the third quarter to adjust to the fact that the team with a quarterback that can't throw is going to run the ball, which inherently is way too long to adjust to that. 
you tied to a team that had no wins and no active quarterback that could throw. And you're calling yourself a playoff team? And you're calling yourself slept on? You know how many Steelers fans I saw after the Bears game complaining about their spots in, like, power rankings? Why are we 18? Because your team cannot beat the friggin' Lions. I mean, listen, if... Here's the thing. I don't care if they win this game. I don't care if they won this game in overtime, which I'll get to the overtime in a minute. This game was a loss just by being played this way. It was embarrassing. And that overtime, and I'm, I don't know if you'd agree with me on this or not, but I genuinely say, and this is for both sides, it's not just for Pittsburgh, was yeah. the worst quarter of football I have ever watched. In oh, my- amen. Amen. It, it, it was worse than the quarter from Super Bowl 53. Like, that was horrific. That was literally, that was borderline not football. That was a- No one wanted to win. No one wanted to win. Bro, if, if an AAF team, had that game, their coaches would pound their players. They would kick sense into them because you cannot play like that. They would. An XFL team would do that. If I took the Arizona State's baseball team and had them play a game of football and they played like that, they'd still get criticized. That was a very specific analogy that I went with. Mm. Because... You you can't. You cannot play that bad as a team that is sitting to me, talking to me about playoff hopes in probably the second toughest division in football, if not the toughest. You cannot have a game like that. You can't have a game like that and not win. It gets, and people are sitting there going, oh, well, we would, if we had Big Ben, we would have won. That is so not the point. That is so... Far and away, not the point. Because Big Ben's, let's be real, Big Ben at his highest is probably 20th in the league. Probably closer to 25. Wow. I mean, man, the guy can't throw downfield. I'm sorry to say it. Like, Big Ben is a solid enough game manager. He can get a team to the playoffs with help. But, I mean... Beyond that, I mean, what what do you think this guy is? He's not a star quarterback anymore. He hasn't been for a couple of years. Big Roethlisberger or Ben Roethlisberger is a mediocre quarterback in the NFL. He is. I'm sorry. He was part of the reason we lost to the Browns last year in the playoffs. If he plays better, that probably doesn't happen. So. If this guy is the difference between being a playoff contender with hopes of being World Series or World Series Super Bowl champions at some point and tying the winless Lions that had no quarterback, because I feel like I need to restate that, they didn't have a quarterback that could throw the ball, then your team sucks. Your team sucks. And, you know, people looking at the offensive line, oh, but the injuries in the offensive line. No, the the offensive line didn't give up a sack. The offensive line let Najee Harris run well. He got over 100 yards. That's a great game from the offensive line. They were the only, 
that was the only position I would say actually did well. And even them was highly debatable. I know the Chiefs have had a bit of a rough year. Do you think the Chiefs ever play a game like that? Uh, depends on if Mahomes is starting. Well, so we'll say no for fairness sake. We'll say he's not. Now, to be fair. Then absolutely not, because Chad Henney is the GOAT backup. Absolutely he is. You know, there's actually a petition signed by like over 500 citizens of Kansas City to bench Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it really like no one was serious about it. They just signed it to try and make something work. And the next week you go and blow out the Raiders. But yeah, I mean, like, do the Chiefs ever have that game against, if they, again, assuming that they're playing this Lions team, do they ever have this game? Uh, no, because they know how to either win or lose football games. Tying is just disappointing. Do the Patriots do it? Mm, actually, didn't they like tie a couple years ago? No, I'm not asking about the tie. I'm asking about the performance on the field. Not against the Lions, no. Okay, what about the Ravens? No. You know what those teams have in common? What? Those are good teams. Those are teams that have real ambitions and a real chance to achieve them one day. Those teams and their coaches who are good coaches who know how to actually utilize their locker room properly do not have this game. They don't. Spare me the, oh, look what Mike Tomlin's fought through. It's been years of this. He can't win anymore. He's a he can be a playoff coach. Sure, he can, he, can, he can do that. He can give you 10 wins in a year. But when it's going to matter most, or even at the, apparently the basic fundamentals, you can't trust this guy. You can't trust this team. And you haven't been able to for years. From Saxonville onward. And listen. They, they, listen, they could turn around. They could go win the Super Bowl. They could win five straight games and then rush into the playoffs, guns blazing. But they're not going to do it. Because this team doesn't have the fortitude to do it. They never have. Like, that overtime was horrific. Horrific. They should have lost that game. The only reason that they tied was because the Lions had a kicker that literally couldn't kick the ball. All right, Ryan, I'm going to stop you there because you've been ranting for 10 minutes, bro. Let me end with this. You, All right. Firstly, you said I had much time as I wanted. I fully had intended to take it. <laughs> I was I was promised unlimited time, but whatever. <laughs> My point is this. Super Bowl teams, they don't do this. They don't, they don't play this game. They don't play this game against another Super Bowl team, man. Super Bowl team doesn't have that overtime. Uh, Super Bowl hopeful doesn't have that overtime. A, a guaranteed playoff contender doesn't have that game. A team that is stable does not have that game. This team's not stable. That hasn't been for years, and I don't care about the excuses. I just don't. We're What's going to happen is they're going to win... In the next two weeks, they're going to be the Chargers, whoever they play after that. I'm not actually sure. And Steelers fans are going to pretend this never happened the way we did with every other game. But 
you know, what do you expect this team to do? I don't expect them to do anything because they've continuously shown they haven't. And as long as Big Ben's in a Steelers uniform, they aren't going to. I have respect for Big Ben for what he's done. They are not winning with him. And I'm not sure they're winning with Tomlin. It's an interesting situation to be in. Ryan, I appreciate you and your insight on the Steelers. I think we need to go into the tradition that can close us out for the podcast episode. Thank you guys for listening. Ryan, what's your daily shout-out? I've been too busy yelling at the Steelers to have thought of one. Um, I'm going to give the shout-out to me. Do you know why? Not because of a narcissist, although that is probably would be a good guess. The reason that I'm going to give my shout-out to me was because the Monday after that game, I had a holiday work party. Because we were just, the boss thought it was going to be too busy in December to do it, so we just did it early for Christmas. So it was basically like an early Christmas party. And I wore a warm sealer sweater there. The day after that game, I wore Steelers memorabilia. Because I have Stockholm Syndrome, I guess. I don't know. But I feel like as a fan, I deserve it. For being able to wear their their merch after that. So I give it to me. He's going through stuff, guys. I'm sorry. On a more serious note, uh, most of our listeners are from America, uh, statistically speaking. So I want to wish a happy Thanksgiving to all the people celebrating Thanksgiving, but more specifically with a certain category in mind. If you are part of the armed forces in both America and Canada, I'll say, uh, fighting to protect the freedoms of your country. You know, my best friend from high school went into the Air Force. And uh, though he's actually, he's very fortunate he gets to stay home this year for Thanksgiving. It does not look likely for that next year. And so that being said, if you're having to be away from your homes because you're serving your country, just thank you very much. And that is certainly one thing that I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving season. Yours might have been a little more profound than mine. Well, you know. I still stand by mine 100%, though. <laughs> I agree with yours, but I don't, I don't regret my answer. And do you want to talk about one last thing, football, before we go? Uh, go for it. I did some more digging. The Chiefs have the number one passing offense in the league. You know who's number two? Dallas. Dallas is five overall. But about passing yards, there too. Okay. So just kind of interesting. I mean, listen, don't let, don't let anyone ever tell you that Dak Prescott has not been elite. He has been. Oh yeah, he's absolutely been a top five quarterback, and it shows. I don't think. I think at this point, it's not even been a top five. He is a top five quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Well. We've been talking for way too long, so I'm going to close this off. Uh, my name is Wyatt Fairman. As always, I'm alongside Ryan Pulsiver. This is Two Dudes Out. Two Dudes Out.